We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it's almost the weekend that's what you love when you hear our voice on the thursday edition of the pack a day podcast i am jason perone one of your hosts of the pack a day podcast Game on Wisconsin, the Quicksilence podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report. Paul Brettel on hiatus this week. So Mark and I are flying tandem. All right. We, we can handle it. We can handle it. I think we can handle it. So let's jump in. Let's get the let's get the weather going here. We have a couple of entrants here. I have one, our friend Alex, out in Poland, who says that it's cold. Lows around 40 and highs around 50. I don't know. Depending on where you live, that might not be so cold. You're cold, right? Yeah. Right, a little drizzle it's cold out for there, you and in, I, but, but right, not for, yeah. little drizzle out there in Poland, and he says, uh, "Hey, me not chiming in every week doesn't mean I'm not listening to the show, Alex. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. We'll always include you any time that we can. Sure, that's our lone sure. entrant from across the pond, and then we come to you, Mark, over in Myrtle Breach, Myrtle Myrtle Breach, Myrtle Beach, <laughs> where it had been rainy, and finally the rain subsided. Yes, what are we no looking rain. like now? No rain. Um, it did cool off a little bit. Um, we had been, it had been perfect beach weather for a while, you know, mid to upper seventies. Um, and we're getting back there by t- later today is going to be back into the seventies and this weekend's going to be great. But today when, you know, we, we, as we, people know, we tape Wednesday night. Today was cool. Today was like barely 60, 61, 62. So a little cool. It wasn't exactly good. Be- Although people here on vacation, they, they're on the beach. I don't, it's got to be a little warmer f- for me to go on the beach, but there were people out there. But it was it was sunny, but six six low sixties here today. Oh yeah, that's not beach weather. No, I don't think so. Might look no. like it outside, but it's got to be like for me the the tipping point for shorts and t shirt mm-hmm. is like seventy five. Well, I wear when it's this weather. I I still wear shorts, but I'll, I'll wear like a long sleeve tee or a, or a you know a quarter zip over my. Yeah. Over a tea or something, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't wear long pants. We're getting all sorts of head shakes and, and eye rolls right now <laughs> and, from all the people all the, in, in Wisconsin, in Wisconsin who are listening to this podcast. So since Paul is not here, on Wednesday it was raining. In Green Bay? High forties. Uh but uh today, Thursday, partly partly cloudy 
and it's going to get up to 58 degrees. It's going to warm oh, up a whole 10 that's, degrees. That's, and That's not bad at all for them, right? Yeah, no no rain on Thursday, but there's a chance of, of some more rain coming in and some cooler temperatures on Friday closer to 50. That's in Green Bay, the home of your Green Bay Packers. And here in Phoenix, as you would expect, it's hot, 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 hot. 90 degrees, high of 92, wow. <laughs> but dropping down to 76, a little bit of a cold spell. Wow, that's very cool for you. Dropping down to 76 on Friday, but back up into the 80s, and, and we'll be back into the into the 90s. Supposed to hit 100 on Tuesday. It's going to be hot. That's hot. It's going to be a hot one. Our <laughs> friend, Harry, our friend Harry out in Kamloops. So uh, some very big turn-the-corner moments here. we got 50 degrees in Poland. Uh, Kamloops, again, high of 50. Low of 41. Showers and thunderstorms at about 60%. He said that uh, the weather in Kamloops is no place for Mark's dog, probably due to the thunderstorms and the, 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 the <laughs> thunderclaps. Right? Now, now my dog's getting, getting a little pumped. I like that. That's good. Yeah, he says spring is right just around the corner, uh, you know, around the other corner. He says, you know, we'll get there at some point, I think. So Harry is clearly ready for some warmer weather, and I'm sure that he's getting increasingly more sunlight on his side of the mountain. So there's your weather report. Let's get to some Packers football, and let's get to some more draft analysis. We're going to be talking about the defensive line class in this draft, but because of some of the news of the week, I know it's not news, but just the the rumor, Mark, about Debo Samuel being available, and obviously there's always a lot of connection with every free agent to the Packers now all of a sudden because agents are smart and they know that they can use the Packers as leverage. Sometimes it's legitimate. We know that Brian Gutekunst has said he wants to be in on every conversation. So real quick, before we jump into the defensive line group, which you have some great notes on, your thoughts on Debo, his being yet another in a growing list of players who's trying to work his way out of his current contract, scrubbing his social media accounts, and uh, it looks like the Niners may have to move him. Yeah, they're going to look, yeah you're right. They're going to probably move him. I, and, I, and while I would love for him to come to Green Bay, um, I and I, I listen. He's a South Carolina kid. I I liked him. I I got to see him a lot in in college. Um, I love. I'm a big Debo Samuel guy. I always have been. Um, I'm really glad he is leaving San Francisco because I I don't like rooting for him in a San Francisco uniform. But and you and I talked about this before we started taping. San Francisco is not going to trade him to Green Bay for the same reason Green Bay wouldn't have traded Devontae Adams to San Francisco mm-hmm. or Tampa Bay or Minnesota. They're going to they're going to try to trade him outside the conference or to a lesser team that they're not really worried about in the conference. Um, I, I, I could see the New York Jets being involved, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they're the two that come to mind of, as AFC teams that. I mean, I mean, the Jets went right to the wall trying to get Tyree Kill. They were involved in that conversation. So um, they obviously you're looking for a bona fide, you know, top of the line wide receiver. Uh, they're in the AFC. I could see that. I could see that happening. Um, the Colts, I, I mentioned them because I think I saw something where they, they want to be involved. They don't have a number one pick. So they might have to get creative yeah. somehow yeah, the, in the, order to, you know. Listen, Maybe throw some players. I don't, I don't know. And yeah. I don't care if they're the Niners are trading him to the most benign team in the NFL. You're not. You're, you're going to have to give up a premium asset for a player that's still on his rookie deal, albeit at the end of it, but still on his rookie deal. 
Well, like he's going to want a new deal from you, too. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he wants a new one in San Francisco, he's yeah. not going to go to Indianapolis and play for right. on that right. deal. So that, that's part of It's just like Devonta, well, Adams was was franchise tag. But it's just like Tyreek Hill. Whatever team trades for Debo, assuming a team does trade for him, they're going to have to work, and the, and the Niners are going to have to give this team per, permission to talk to his agent prior to making the trade. Work out a deal. That they could work out a deal, just like the Raiders did with the, with Adams. The Green Bay gave, you know, they, they let that, they let the Raiders talk to him. And that's the only way to do it, because you're not, you, <laughs> no matter what team I am, I'm not giving you a first-round pick and something else for Samuel, and then he comes and says, well, I'm not playing for you either. You know, you're not going to do that, so... You know, it has to all get worked out. Right. Which it will. And I'm sure it will. I mean, something's going to happen. And and guess what? I hope he goes to somewhere in the AFC. At that, that's one. That, that, that weakens, you know, an NFC playoff team. In theory. And there was some thought. There was some talk about whether the Niners would be more willing to trade him to certain teams they might not otherwise be because they may see themselves as rebuilding. I don't think so. I don't think the no. Niners see it that way. Trey Lance, no. they used a premium asset to draft him. So they, they right. if they're moving on to him, it's because they think he's the future and they, they expect to win. And it, listen, it's John Lynch. John Lynch is not kicking the can or punting on a season. He, he's, you know, I described him before we started as a, as a bulldog, as a player and as a GM. And if he's coming to Green Bay, trust me, he's going to be looking for a fleecing and Brian Gutekunst is not going to get fleeced. No. So Debo Samuel and- to the Packers right now is, is not likely to, it's it's no. not not likely to happen and it only gets worse everyone's like oh we'll wait till after the draft and see what happens well it it only i think it it might only get worse because if you're a team that strikes out in the draft on a wide receiver well the niners know that <laughs> so right. if you're coming at them and saying okay now we want to trade for your guy we didn't get the receivers we wanted in the draft well the niners are going to be looking for even you know it's 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 supply and demand so i don't the think only- it's i don't think it's likely that he'll end up in green bay no, I, and not only that, and this could be worse. Not only, not only won't he, don't do I think there's like, like you said, very, 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 very slim chance of him, of the Niners trading him to Green Bay. And if they did, it would, it would be at a ridiculous price. Um, I just, you know, if he goes to a team that's draft or that's drafting slightly ahead of Green Bay, and then the Niners get that pick then the Niners might take the wide receiver ahead of Green Bay that Green Bay wanted, which could be a problem as well. Right. So we'll, yeah. we'll see how it all works out. Well, one week from right now, as everybody is listening to this podcast, it is going to be draft day. Yep. So we have one more week of the Lies. craziness. And if we think Lies. there's been, and as, and as is always the case, if we think there's been craziness and, and nonsense spewed, up to this point, you know it's only going to get crazier over the next week. Well, this is the week where everybody lies. Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. lies. Even people that never lie, lie. Mm-hmm. This, this is the week where don't believe anything you hear. I'm telling you right now, you're going to hear a ton of this team's looking to do this and that team's looking to do they're all, No, they're not. The teams are, everybody knows at this point, a week prior, teams know what they're either going to do or not going to do. If they want to move up or not move up. It's already been. This is the week where everybody's blowing smoke on everybody. Oh yeah, the Jets want to do this. Oh yeah, the 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 Texans are going to package this and that pick. The Eagles are going to trade up. Yeah, well, none of that ever happens. Right. <laughs> nope, we're not falling for it. Not falling for it at all. We've been through this too many times. Everyone, Packers fans, we even just last year. If your memory is short or you're young and you haven't been around for as 
many drafts. You need only look back one year to know how quickly things can change narrative-wise and news-wise and player-wise and all that kind of stuff. And just remember, no matter what happens in the draft, it might be frustrating. You might not get the players you want. You might not like what, what the teams did. There is no game played until September. There's no football games that actually get played for several months. So don't get too worked up or get too crazy. But if you want to get crazy about anything, we're going to talk about some players that may be on your radar. Or if they're not, maybe they'll, they'll become on your radar. Because, Mark, you and I have watched a lot of football over the years. And the one consistent thing about football, not just the NFL, is that what happens up front is very, right. very important. So we've talked about the offensive line. Now we're going to talk about the defensive line, which still really matters. All of the hype and all of the accolades and all the ESPN highlights go to the, the edge rushers, the receivers, the quarterbacks, the running backs, right? These guys do all the dirty work. And that's what a phrase that, that I've seen. And you, once again, did a nice write-up over Packer Report on some of the top prospects in the defensive line. And we're going to use that as our guide in our discussion. But doing the dirty work. That's what it's that's what it's all about. We know the Packers know that that's valuable because they signed earlier this offseason, they signed Jerron Reed to the one-year deal. And that was a little insurance there to get some depth up front. They've got TJ Slayton, the young player that they like, who played a little bit last season. Dean Lowry's still in Green Bay at this point. He's been productive in spots. And obviously, I just saved Kenny Clark for last because he's phenomenal. He's the best yes. nose tackle in the NFL. So the Packers believe in the importance of these big guys up front for as much as they don't spend as many premium assets and dollars on other positions like inside linebacker, for example, and some other spots there, defensive line is big. So they want to add another body. Let's go through our top five linemen or anybody else that you want to add to the list here. And no surprise, the first player on this list is an SEC guy. Yes. Right? Out of Georgia, it's Devontae Wyatt. 6'3", 304 pounds. I've seen him mock to Green Bay several times, although those are mock drafts. Obviously, that doesn't matter. But I've seen his name come up in both the 22 and the 28 spot because if you're going to draft a player high, you made a couple good points before, and I'll let you make them as far as where they're likely to come from and, and their pedigree. Georgia's not a bad place to start. No. Um I don't think he's a Packer guy because for a couple of reasons. Um, one, well, let me give you the pros and the cons. The pros of taking Devontae Devont, Wyatt is, um, and I, I'll, I'll tell you what a, what a scout said, that he said the top players on the defensive line all seem to be better fits in a 3-4 scheme than a 4-3. Well, that's what the Packers play, right? 3-4. So that's, a, that's one reason to take him. He is... Wyatt is probably better off as a 3-4 end than he would be as a 4-3 tackle. Um, so that does that. He's a little – I think I don't have his age right in front of me, but I think he's a little older than the Packers like. Okay. If I'm not mistaken about that. And also, from the – now, again, we don't know who's telling us the truth or not, but I don't think the assistant coaches are into playing games. When when the Packers were – when the, when they all their assistant coaches talked a, a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago, whatever it was – the defensive guys were talking about, yes, we want a defensive lineman, but we want we want a guy that can, you know, get to the quarterback. We're, we're looking for that pass rusher um, up front. Well, Wyatt's not that. Wyatt's more of a – he's a good run stuffer, which 
I think the Packers could still use that as well, but they seem to they seem to lean us toward they want. See, a key to the Packers' defensive line is T.J. Slate. Is he ready to take that big step that that a lot of guys take from year one to year two? Mm-hmm. If if he is, this isn't as big a need as as we think it it, it may be. And also, he's your big run stuffer. I mean, he's going to do he's going to do a lot of and, and make them better against the run. Him, Kenny Clark, Lowry, uh, Reed, they might feel that they're pretty good against the run now, but they might want another guy that can get to the quarterback because of that quartet. Although, you know, Reed's gotten, I think he's had five sacks in a year. Lowry had five last year. That's not bad. You know, um, Clark doesn't always get sacks, but he does all the work that he, Clark's just a great player. He's, he's, I can't say enough about Kenny Clark. So Wyatt, um, who the scout, my scouts do like, and I'll just read a couple quotes real quick for you. Um, he's a tough guy up front who will take on blockers for you and be that traffic cop to tie up things and let the linebackers make the play. He's not a pass rusher in the least. So that's that's not a good thing if you're looking for a you know if you're a Packer, and then this one guy says um, he didn't do much until his senior year, and then bang, and then he killed the combine. He had a he, he ran a four seven seven had a twenty nine inch vertical, that could scare you, or maybe he was just a late bloomer. Yeah, he's better in a three four, but I think he can play in a four three. Mm-hmm. I like him. Mm-hmm. I really like him. He said so. This guy, like you know. I just don't see him. I see him as a good player. I see him as a, as a late first-round pick. I just don't see him going to Green Bay. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Right, okay. Yeah, and that's 
you never know. And, and the Packers, you know, the, the Packers have their guys. I mean, they've got their their. We already know if they do or don't like him. I mean, that they, they already know that their board right. has been set for a while. And so these are just you know these are these are the top prospects according to the consensus of scouts or even just the you know the few that you yeah. that you've that you've talked to. I mean, it's it's. I know that you used to talk to a lot more people, but I mean, this is still like we said last week too. We're still very fortunate. That you have some of these contacts because these are this is valuable input. This isn't just and these us. are three good scouts. I mean, these yeah. are as I say, it's three scouts who have four Super Bowl rings among them. It's not us pulling. So and it's, it's not, not just us pulling stuff off of CBS.com or ESPN right. or NFL.com <laughs> because look, I mean that that stuff is, you know, I'm not saying those aren't scouts and it's not valuable information, but you know, you're you're getting it from people who you've got long-standing relationships picks. with, and you saw it manifest itself live in front of you while you were covering the Eagles for many years. So this is, this is legit. I mean, these, these players are legitimate, but again, it doesn't mean that they're on green Bay's radar, that they're going to go to the Packers. And we've seen green Bay take players that they didn't have any visits with. And then you, yep. you talk to the player after they get drafted and they're like, I didn't really talk to the Packers much. <laughs> Speaking of lying, yeah. it's lying season or lying week right now. You know, I, 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 somebody said, and, and I said it too. I wonder if the Packers, set up these visits if for no other reason than they're trying to throw other teams off. They're not actually interested in the player Sometimes. at all. They just want other teams. They, you know, they, they, yep. they, you know, and they're, they're strategic about it. They're like, Hey, uh, you know, for example, so-and-so picks one spot after us. We don't want them to jump us for a receiver. So right. we're going to have a guy, uh, you know, or, or, or have, you know, go visit with somebody that we know that they don't necessarily want, but that, that they think we're going to pick. So they don't jump us. You know stuff like that. I mean, I don't think the Packers would be that cheeky, but that's. Well, no, but I think they do think like Jair Alexander is a good example. They never brought him in at all, right? But the, but they obviously loved him because they they moved down and then moved back up. I mean, he was the guy that they finagled up and down the draft to get. So they wanted him, but they didn't want anybody else to know that they were on him. You know, so yeah, teams do that kind of stuff. The Packers, from my just following them as close as as I do and watching their history, the guys they bring in for visits, they take in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. That's who they're bringing in a lot. Usually, their top picks. They don't know this now. Sometimes they do, but most times, they don't be surprised if they take a guy in the first round who they didn't bring in for a visit. But these like like, like they brought in a lot of a lot of wide receivers and return guys who will probably go somewhere day three that, and that's one. Of, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys they brought in is somebody that they take on, on day three. See, I don't mind that though, because if Me either. I know it's a, it's, I know it's a lower investment that you're making, but if you can get in front of a player and you like what's between their ears and they're a fourth, fifth round projected. You can get that's where you find a steal is you you yep. the intangibles of a player. How smart are they? How much do they understand special teams scheme mentality? Those types of things. Draw draw something up on a on a chalkboard for me. You know the first round players like the talent is going to speak for itself, and you'll take a you'll take a a risk on the talent because there's no question about it. They went to the combine. You've seen them play. They're in a power five school. They're really good. They're, they pop on tape, all that kind of stuff. But when you talk about those mid to late round players, that's where I think it's smart to spend more time in front of them. Cause that's where oh, you yeah. find your little diamonds in the rough, right? Or you also find it works both ways. Yes. You bring a guy in and you talk to him and say, wow, okay, this guy really, this is the kind of guy we, we want. He, he's, he's smart. He knows, like you said, the, the scheme, special teams, this kind of stuff. Or you find out, oh, we kind of liked it a little bit, but no, he doesn't get it. 
Mm-hmm. He, he's not going to be our kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Maybe he told him, "Oh, I don't want to play special teams." Or something. Who knows what guys say in an interview, you know, or just uh, just his demeanor. Um, I remember, well, this year it'll, it'll be in one of my stories coming up. Um, a player in this draft that uh, one of the, one of the guys from a team told me. I asked about the player, and he said, "I, I my question was, do do you like so and so?" And he said, "We did until we talked to him." Yeah. So there you go. I mean, sure, it happens. Yeah. So anyway, you know, players can talk teams out of them. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that happens too. They don't say the right things. I mean, and and you want like up front. I think you want a little bit of a scrappy mentality. You want somebody who's ready to get after it, who's hungry to play football. Kenny Clark didn't disappoint. Oh, no. He he ended yeah, like, up he ended up doing pretty well. He did he yes, did a lot he did. better than the, the last UCLA first round pick they took before him, which was uh, Dayton Jones and. Yeah, that didn't pan didn't out too well. Out. No, it didn't. <laughs> didn't pan out too well. So, all right. So we're staying. Not only are we staying in the SEC, we're staying on the same team here, Mark. Number two, Jordan Davis out of Georgia, six six three forty one. Those are some really impressive numbers. I'll let you go through what the scouts had to say because as I'm reading through this, I had an obvious question after reading some of the feedback from the scouts. So I'll let you go through that first and then we'll, we'll break it down. Yeah. And they're really mixed. There's three different quotes and I'll give you each one. So the first guy, all right, I'll just read it and you make your decisions. <laughs> you hear so much about him and he does make some splash plays, but watch Georgia games. He plays about 10 plays a game. That's it. He's rarely in on passing downs. I mean, if you can live with a guy only playing a limit number of snaps, go right ahead. He'll give you 10 good ones. Okay. Now, so then the next, the next quote, the second guy says, he, he's a freak of nature. A man that big shouldn't be able to do what he did at the combine. He ran a 4.78, he had a 32-inch vertical, and a 10-3 broad jump. Now, this is me talking now. That is pretty incredible for a guy 6'6", 341. Uh-huh. That, yeah. that being said, that, that is incredible. He says, I'm generally not a workout guy, but to see a man that big do that, I'm impressed. And then the third guy says, I think he fits best as a nose tackle in a 3-4. That's what he is, a big old ass-kicking nose tackle. He's a massive man with a lot of physical ability, but it didn't always show up during games. So my big th- the big thing that, that stood out to me was 10 snaps. And then you have to think about it. You have to, right? Because that sounds very low. You have to think yeah. about it. Now, defensive linemen rotate in and out. Now, if you're Kenny Clark, the Packers are going to trot him out there more than 10 snaps a game. But how many quality snaps do most defensive linemen have? So it's like this. Look. Would you rather have him play 10 snaps and give you 10 good ones, each each one of them is quality, or have him out there for 20 snaps and you only get, what, 8 to 10 good ones? I mean, you're still getting the 8 to 10, but now the percentage of, of snaps is different. It's, it's, it's an interesting argument there, but it, it also well, led not, me... Well, it, well I was going to say, it, it led to my question, which I asked you, which was, it's really interesting to me then... When you see something like that, because that to me means that, you know, I don't know if it's a conditioning thing or if that's just the way that they just had enough talent that they didn't need Jordan Davis on the field more than that. But to me, it's like I read some of the other recaps and I've had the advantage of doing that. Our listeners haven't yet. And it just makes me wonder. So then how does Davis get ranked ahead of some of these other guys who play more snaps, who are, are potentially more impactful on the field and do more in the course of a game? Well, I'll tell you why. He's 6'6", 341, and yeah, he ran a 478 yeah, right. with a 32-inch vertical and a 10-3 rug jump. <laughs> yeah. I mean, teams look at that like the one guy – and I, I kind of know what teams are going to like him and what teams don't. I'll tell you that right now. 
Um, he's going to go. He's going to go. He'll he'll be. I think he'll be the first offensive lineman taken. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be the best in the league of you know of these guys, but he's going to go because of what he because of his size and athletic ability. And coaches look at that and say, and general managers, you know, this guy's he's just too athletically talented, and and with that size that we're going to take him. And they may get a little disappointed. I mean, I don't want to got it like again. Production. I'm a, I'm about production. And if a guy only played 10 to whatever many plays in a game in college, it's a lot harder in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You're going against better players. I mean, Georgia played in the SEC, which is the best conference in the country, but they did play, you know, they had some soft games in there. You know, Georgia Tech wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he's only playing those that, those many snaps at that, I don't, I, I, and again, maybe like you said, maybe Georgia was so, they didn't have to play him much. They, you know, they were so good. Um, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as high on, I think he's going to go top half of the draft. I do top half of the first round. Mm-hmm. I, I so I, I don't so the Packers won't even be a possibility for him, but he's certainly not what the Packers are looking for. They already have, they have a poor man's Jordan Davis and TJ Slayton. Mm-hmm. I don't think he fits what the Packers are like. He has no. He's not a pass rusher by name. He had seven sacks in four years. Right. So yeah, he's not. So he's not the guy. You know, and that's not what they're looking for. Not getting to the think. quarterback, but but then you know that's the thing is I've seen his name thrown out there as somebody that, that Green Bay could go after, and that's just somebody mock drafting and just you know yeah. just throwing throwing a name out there and saying, hey, well they tend to draft a lot of big guys early, and this is probably what they'll end up doing. So I'll throw Jordan Davis to the Green Bay Packers, and right, somebody's exactly. going to get enamored by those, like you said, by that size and some of that um, combine right. output that he had, and they'll and they'll take him, and yeah, it's probably not going to be Green Bay. But just impressive there. Two Georgia Bulldogs, number one and number two as far as big big guys up front there, and Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis. Then we stay in the SEC, and we go to Alabama. No surprise. Alabama's got to have an entry in most every position group because they just are stacked all the time. So now you've got the 6'4", 310-pound Fedarian Mathis from Alabama. And when, after I read his... His recap again. This was his was the one that made me wonder how Jordan Davis was ranked ahead of him on this list. Because here's another guy who's productive, tough, all the things you want to see from the recap, which I'll let you read through. But he had a very productive, as far as getting to the passer, he had a very productive year last year. Yeah, I I don't get this. I mean, again, I try not to look at too many mocks and stuff, but I, you know, I like everybody else. I they come to me, I look at them. Or even like read some of the the guides and stuff. People have this guy going in like late second to third round, and that's where I kind of think the Packers. I don't think see. I don't think the Packers are taking a defensive lineman in the first round. They could. I mean, depending on how the board goes. Mm-hmm. But I I think I think they'll wait until the second or maybe they they better probably second probably with their late second pick. I think that's where they'll, they'll address it, and they'll get one of these guys that we're that we're going to talk about. And Mathis would be a good fit for them. Uh, here's what here's what the three scouts had to say. He's really tough. He's by far the most productive of, of this group, and by far the best pass rusher. He does all the dirty work, but he can also make plays. It's unusual, but for an Alabama player, he's actually underrated. Second guy says he's smart player, great technique, like most of those Alabama guys. Mm-hmm. He's not the most gifted athlete, and I spelled athlete wrong. Um, we'll type there, but, but, but he gives you all he has. I don't think he'll ever make a pro bowl. They'll have a good long c- career. 
And then the third one says, he reminds me of Delvin Tomlinson, another former Alabama DL, now with the Vikings. He's as smart as can be, and he plays hard as hell. Good size, long arms. I can see him as an end in a 3-4 or inside in a 4-3. So, and he had nine sacks. He had nine of his career ten and a half sacks last year. That so is he was productive. phenomenal. That's great. That's a guy. I wouldn't mind the Packers getting him with that second, second round pick. Yeah, you, really said, you said all the right things because the value's there. And listen, do you care about Pro Bowls if you know that a guy's going to give you eight, nine years and be – Right. Service, you know, who cares about Pro Bowls? I mean, the Pro Bowl is the most, you know, is is the biggest joke of a well, sporting yeah. event that's left. I mean, I, and anymore, the Pro Bowl is not about the game; it's about the accolade. Right. But still, to be voted what, to, I is, think what he it, meant by that was he's not, he's not going to be Kenny Clark, but he's going to be good. He's, yeah. he's going to be a good, solid player for a long. You know, that's why I don't think that's probably why he's not going to go first round. But and but again, if he's there in the bottom of the second, I'd be very tempted. Yeah, the value's there. Good size, long arms, an end. Because Dean Lowry, I know, I, I think he's, his time with the Packers is coming to an end. So they're going to have to find a replacement for him. And the Packers don't want to have to – they don't want to use – they don't want it to be an emergency situation right. where they're having to address it in in a big way next year. They're going to do it now. Yo, absolutely. And and not only Lowry, I mean, I wouldn't – I would feel a little more or less a little, little less – in need of a defensive lineman. If, if they would have signed Gowan Reed to a four-year deal or three, even a three-year deal, okay, they got him, Slayton, and, and Clark for a while. He only signed a one-year deal, so mm-hmm. it's kind of a prove-it deal. And if he, and you know how that works. If he, if he doesn't play well, then you don't want him back. Mm-hmm. And if he plays really well, it's going to be hard to resign him. Now, the, yeah. Packers, did, the Packers surprised a lot of us this offseason by – Keeping both Russell Douglas and and Campbell, um, who had who were on one year deals and played great, and they were able to keep them both, but it cost them the you know that's because they traded Devontae Adams. They were able to keep both of those guys. Um, it's you know, yeah. The, keep in mind, you you don't you don't necessarily draft for the the year you're drafting. You draft for the future. Packers drafted AJ Dillon when they had Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones because they knew both of their contracts were up next the following year. And they didn't. They didn't know if they were going to keep both, none, one. You know, they didn't know how, to, how that was going to work out. They, they know what they wanted, but they didn't know if some team was going to knock Aaron Jones over with a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah. So any, yeah, they, the Packers they, they will draft a defensive lineman, and I think they, like I said, some a lot of people think they're going to take one in the first round, and they very well may. But I, I, I think they'll wait till they'll wait till the second and get one of these. And then, all right. So our next guy, go ahead. This doesn't seem like the draft where a first round defensive lineman is really the, the direction they go, unless they got somebody that they really like that we're just not talking about as much. But we finally get out of the SEC. We go to Connecticut, where Travis Jones plays six four, three twenty five, four and a half sacks, forty eight tackles last year for UConn. What are the scouts saying about Travis Jones? All right. First one says he's a big man with a big ass. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. It means but he's got a very, a, very strong big, low, base. Yes, exactly. Strong he's base, hard as, to move. Yep, stout as hell. By the time it's all said and done, he could be the best of the group. But he's going to need time to develop. Best case is you rotate in at first before you make him a full-time player. That's something I think you got to think about, right? That's what Green Bay, whoever Green Bay drafts is probably not going to 
is probably going to do that, rotate mm-hmm. in, right, with, with with Lowry and Slayton and and, and Reed, right? So think that. Uh, he, he didn't play his junior year. UConn canceled football because of COVID, but he came back and had a good senior year and a hell of a senior bowl. He's a tough kid. I don't see him as, as a big pass rusher, but he'll disrupt some stuff inside for you. Um, the third guy says, perfect for a 3-4 team like Green Bay. Could he go bottom of the first round? He could. Ideally, he's a second-round pick, and you're happy. Mm-hmm. So this, I think this is another possibility for them. Like As a guy in the second-round pick, and you're happy. I could see that. I could see him being a guy that Green Bay spends that second second round pick on. He's got good size, and if and oh, yeah. the, the pass rush thing has me, you know, kind of, you know, you may make a good point there that that could be something where the Packers say, hey, if it's maybe mid to bottom of the second, yes, right. the value has to be there for them for what they what they're going to ask the player to do. And if he's if they're eyeing him as a rotational guy and they don't ever see him, if he's like a you know a permanent Tyler Lancaster, and obviously he's hopefully going to be better than that. Right. But then you've, you got to draft him in the right spot and you're not going to spend a premium asset on a guy that's not going to be on the field for at least two, three downs. Right. I think he's a little better Dean Lowry. Mm-hmm. And I like Dean Lowry. Yeah. Now what was Lowry? Fourth round, third round, fourth round. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I think he was fourth or fifth. But yeah, well, okay. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he was fourth. Round. Yeah. I think he was fourth. Let me look that up. Longer. Yeah. Why he you was fourth or fifth. But, but I mean, he he tur- actually turned out being when he was drafted. I was like, he's going to end up playing like a year or two, or you know, he actually ended up doing a lot better for the yeah, Packers than I thought. I didn't know, I didn't think, and then they gave him an extension. Yeah, yeah, and he's, and he's fans get on him. He's better than than the fans think. He's he's a he's a solid player for a fourth round pick. He's actually a very good player. Yeah, you know, so I I think Jones could be better. I mean, like I said, I don't think Jones is ever going to put up you know ten sacks. Like, I think Mathis will, will put up, will get more sacks than Travis Jones. Um, but I think Jones will be a good all-around player. Some people like him a lot. I mean, some people think he could go first round. I don't think he will. Right. And then our, the, the fifth guy, go ahead and you, you read him, and then I'll tell you what I think of him. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Logan Hall out of Houston, 6'6", 283, 13 tackles for a loss last fall for the Cougars. I like that stat. Yes. This is the guy, before I read what the what the scout said, I would love the Packers to get this guy in the second round. Mm-hmm. I really would. I think, you know who he, he reminds me of? Zadarius Smith. Okay. Because if you remember, Zadarius played with his hand on the ground in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And then the Pack. I think this guy could do that. I think he could put his hand on the ground and be a 4-3 be a line or a 3-4 line, you know, whatever you want to do with him. Or I think you could stand him up. And let him rush too. I think I think he could solve two needs for the Packers. I think you, and, and especially and Joe Barry can get creative with them. Um, I I I think he could be. I think you know I I love that size, that tall, you know six six two eighty three. That's what was the Darius? Wasn't he around? Isn't he something like that? So yeah, I mean he's yeah he's tall. He's tall and big. So it's got to be pretty close. Let me look him up. Yeah. And it's funny because like when you see when you see stats like that. And we're talking about defensive linemen immediately. So people... Darius is 6'5", 272. So he's a little... this guy's a, uh, an inch taller and ten pounds heavier. Well, and people say defensive line, they don't realize like you know he's some of these guys are the same size as a linebacker. It just depends on what they're asked to do and if they're going to exactly. add size or not. They don't really make the the correlation there, but that's that puts it in a good perspective. Not as far as like what they can be and produce, but just size wise. All right, so here's um here's what the scout said, and I like some of what the scout said too. 
Um, people tell me I'm crazy, but I think this guy is just as good as the Georgia guys. I didn't say better, but just as good. Mm-hmm. And again, but again, he's more of a three, four end than anything else. Well, that's what the Packers are looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty good. I wasn't sold at first, but the more I watched him, the more I liked him. I think he, I think he's as good as Peyton Turner. That's a former Houston uh, defensive lineman who went first round to, to New Orleans last year. Uh, and then the third guy says he, he, he can get pushed around a little bit by, by big linemen. And he's going to see a lot of those. He needs to get a little stronger and develop some better technique. But there's a lot to work with there. He's a solid second-round pick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of guys need to get stronger. But that's when you get, you know, when you're 21 years old, you're, you know, you're not at your maximum strength yet. And I'm, I'm told the NFL has a lot of these, these really nice weight rooms and stuff that you can work in. No, that's great. I mean, and I think we're hearing a common thread here. Um, um, the, the thing I'm hearing now is everybody just be prepared. It sounds like day two yes. is where the Packers think, are going to try to find their big guy. And I think and I think the Georgia guys will be gone. I think they'll go probably first round. And a lot of that comes from, and rightfully so, Georgia won the national title. When you win national titles, you players get the rewards sometimes from it, you know. Um, Mathis... I would, I would, I would not mind Mathis Jones or Hall. I would like, I would love to see any one of those three, if they're there in the bottom of the second when the Packers are picking. I would, I'd be very happy with any one of those three. That's just me. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, any of these, any of these players. And here's the other thing too. My evergreen caveat is whoever the Packers take, I'm going to trust that they've put a lot of research into it, and that's they like that player for a specific reason. There's no guarantee they're going to work out, but I'm inclined to trust this this personnel group because they do a good job. They do their due diligence. They they talk to players. You know, when they when these players get in front of the microphone and they're they're talking, they sound like they're well put together. They understand football. The Packers really look at, like I said, those intangible things that that uh, some teams are willing to overlook. And and not every player necessarily fits that bill. But I think when you're it's with certain position groups, the Green Bay's had some pretty good success. Defensive line is is one where they seem to have done pretty well, although they've tried to plug some one year stop gaps in there, and it's you know snacks Harrison at the end of the, of yeah, twenty twenty, which didn't really do much for Green Bay. I mean, he didn't even really didn't play much, no. and then now you've got Jerron Reed coming in, and you hope that he can be okay uh, up front. Last year, I think the Packers were hoping that Zadarius Smith could stay in there so you could keep him Preston and Rashawn on the field at the same time. Well, that didn't work out because the back injury in Zadarius missed the entire season. So now this year, it's Jerron Reed, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry. You know, you, I know TJ Slayton. I know the and TJ Slayton. They still have, uh, yeah, they've got Heflin, who's, right. you know, has, doesn't play much. I don't even know if he'll make the team this year. Well, again, they, they liked him enough last year to, you know, keep him around as an undrafted guy. Again, mm-hmm. he's got to take that step. He's got to make that rookie to second year step where he's at least a a guy that they could that hey first like you said first he has to make the roster and then he has to and then it would be can he come in and play you know 10 to 12 snaps a game just to give a guy a break you know and we'll see um the only guy they really missed a guy that they missed on it was it was fifth round so you can't call it a big miss but i think he excited people early on and they thought, Oh, this guy might be pretty good. Is that is Kingsley Kiki? Um, yep. we all, I mean, when, when we do our 
who's going to surprise stories and all that kind of stuff. A lot of us last year thought, oh, yeah, Kiki. And even some of the players were saying, oh, yeah, Kiki looks great. Um, the coaches were high on him. And then something happened. Uh, we still don't know exactly what happened. But um, they cut him. And they cut him during the season. And he ended up in Houston. But um, something something went, went wrong between – him being a, a surprise player to him being on the on the waiver wire, so that was a that that was a miss. There, there, there's no doubt that was a bad pick and a miss. But it was a fifth round miss. You can miss in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, the Packers. They're only since since uh, Gutenkunz has taken over. They're only, in my opinion, they're only early miss. And I would have missed on them too. Is uh, Josh Jackson the corner from mm-hmm. Iowa that they took in the second round the year that they took Kyer in the first round? Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember coming out of that draft saying, oh, man, the Packers are set a corner for the next 10 years. And I was half right. Right. <laughs> Jackson, I mean, Jackson was a guy that everybody thought was going to be a good player. And, you know, he had a great career at Iowa. Um, just didn't – he just wasn't fast enough. And his his lack of speed caused him to grab and hold and do all, get, get a lot of penalties and just didn't make it. Right, but that was that. To me, that's their only early miss. Yeah, they've done well. They've done well. And they've got five as it currently stands. They got five cracks in the first two rounds. So if you like what they've done early, right. then then the, you know they they're going to do they're well gonna, again. Yeah. Now I don't think they're going to they're going to make five picks. I think they're going to they'll do Great. something. You know they'll do something else with the five picks and they'll turn it into something else. Um, but I I trust what they're going to end up doing. And this is this is a good jumping off part. I mean, definitely a good list to start with. I mean, these guys are all impressive in one way shape or form but you know even though just because they're ranked on this list doesn't mean the pack they're going to be target a target for the packers and we right. got some intel there was there anybody else that isn't listed that you would add as like a a six or a five a not really <laughs> no, i really don't to be honest with you now they're to me they're the definitive um i'm trying to think off the top of my head now they're it's not a deep year for i don't think for for linemen i really don't i think they're the, i think these are the five um, I mean, I, 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 did, I took, you know, I have the, the three guys give me their top five and there was, these are, these were the five. There was not in the same order, but these are, the, there wasn't a six guy mentioned by these three, three, these three scouts. Right. Okay. All right. Now, there, that's not to say there isn't somebody out. I'm sure there's, you know, there's going to be a bunch more guys drafted that, that aren't, that aren't on my, my list, but my list isn't the, you know. I'm not saying you know, my list is better than anybody else's. This is just my list. D list. <laughs> right. So. Okay. All right. right. So we'll see what happens. I, I, again, they're going to take a defensive lineman. And I, and they, I think they'll, I, I really think they'll get one of those Hall, Jones, Mathis, a guy like that um, in the second round. Yeah, I mean, I, again, trust the Packers with with what they're going to do, I and mean, they need they need to get that value, and this is a good position group for that. And if there aren't that many guys, you're gonna you're gonna need to make this pick probably before the middle to end of second round. Otherwise, you're not going to get anybody that's that's going to be able to come in and contribute on defense for you. You might get like a you know a, a depth body or something like that, but not not a very deep class. They're going to have to make their their pick sooner or later. And next week, as I mentioned, we're going on draft day, so next week's show will be. Draft day preview and predictions, yeah. and we'll get a chance to talk about who we that'll think the fun. Packers will pick and who we don't want them to take, and that'll be a fun conversation because oh, yeah, we'll get through lying season, and then we can conglomerate some of what all of your 
guys are saying. And if we get any additional intel, that'd be great too. And maybe by, by then the Packers, you know, from what I read on social media, though, they would have already traded for Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel and, and DK Metcalf and somebody else by then, right? So they won't have any picks. So and A.J. Brown and, right. <laughs> yeah, their wide receiver room is going to look great, but they won't have yeah. any draft picks to pick anybody else with. Or any money to do anything else with either. Right, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, no, well, it's funny money, Mark. This isn't our money, you know. It's, it's exactly. We're just We're just playing with house money. And, and, and the cap uh, isn't real. Yeah, and, what's, and the cap's not real, and what's a million dollars anymore these days in NFL terms? So, <laughs> All right, no, so obviously some great preview uh, positional previews over at Packer Report with some of these prospects and notes that you have from scouts from around the NFL. So what is upcoming this next week as we head into draft week over Packer Report? Okay, so uh, right now the story is up on – got to get this right. I'm, see, I, I write them in advance, so I always forget what I did, but I'm pretty sure – I need Paul here to, to help me. But uh, cornerbacks are up right now. Yes, that's a, that's a fact. The cornerback story is up. The top the top cornerbacks in the draft, and coming later today will be safeties. Another Defense. area that the Packers might be picking. Oh, for sure, defensive back. Yeah, because Darnell Savage are going to have to make a decision on him, and he's been kind of hot and cold. I don't know how they feel about him long term if they're going to bring him back or. So, well, the draft is always going to telegraph the future for the Packers. That's the other thing, too. We're going to find out a lot about this team and what it's going to look like beyond this year after the draft happens. And then as far as as Paul, I'm sure he's going to be writing as many litany of articles over at Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV. So go over and check those out with Paul. I'll have quick slants on Monday with any updates between now and the end of the weekend. Any more great lies that come out that we could talk about, <laughs> breakdown, rumors, this and that, and... And any other fun topics to talk about to start a new week to start draft week, which would be next week. So, well, stay warm out at the beach, Mark. Hopefully, you can shed this long sleeve, these long sleeve shirts, and it can, we can go short oh, yeah. sleeve until oh, the end by, of summer. Like I said, by, by later today, it, it's going to be back in the seventy-five area. And I'll, yeah, I'll be. It's, it'll be good. So we'll be so we'll be good to go. And everybody else, enjoy the rest of your week and the rest of this great draft content at the Pack a Day podcast. Until next Thursday, we will see you then. Stay safe, continue to stay warm, and as always, Go Pack Go! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.